I'm Helani Ellis, and this is the Exceptional Admins Podcast, where I invite admins, executives, and influencers to come together in an intimate setting. The world for administrative professionals doesn't just involve basic tasks. It includes an array of requests, challenges, and triumphs. During each episode, you'll be a witness to candid conversations and hear and join in on many, many laughs. And for those that know me, it wouldn't be complete without thought-provoking moments. The distinguished guests sharing time with us during each episode believe in the admin profession and have much to contribute to the greater good of executives, their admins, and organizations. Now, let's get to today's topic. Calm, a sense of clarity, stress reduction, relaxation. These thoughts and many more like this are at the top of everyone's thinking. Hi everyone, I'd like to introduce you to an amazing brand. I'm honored to share that I know one of the co-founders of this brand because he was a past client of mine. Feels, F-E-A-L-S. It is a premium CBD company that delivers right to your doorstep. Now, for those new to CBD, despite similar chemical structure of CBD and THC, CBD doesn't have the same psychoactive effects. CBD is used to help with a variety of conditions, such as inflammation, pain, nausea, migraines, depression, anxiety, and it works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, air quotes, associated to it. Out the gate, branding was so on point. Colors, the materials, the write-up, everything about it was very exciting when my box arrived to my doorstep. So I received the Feels Flight Package and was excited to get started. I followed the very detailed instructions and was soon on my way to feeling relief. I was interested in testing the product for you guys because I wanted to know what the experience was like. I took it before bed and I also have been taking it to aid in feeling sore since having started a new workout regimen. I can say in knowing my client, this brand is backed by passion, commitment, and honesty. So for you to check out, to consider, to apply to your day-to-day, a natural way to feeling better, check out feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com. In my 20s, um, just for lack of a better word, I was pretty much a hot mess in my <laughs> 20s. And uh, um, I can raise my hand. Early 20s kind of had a little hot mess too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And had no idea who I was, had no relationship uh, with myself and was constantly trying to be anybody other than who I was, trying to be who I thought I needed to be. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. I'm blessed to have a new relationship in front of me digitally. Uh, We're recording this over Skype today, and my guest is Karen Seitz, and it's K-A-R-Y-N, and then Seitz, S-E-I-T-Z. She is a life coach on a beautiful journey that was uh, derived from her own situation in life, her own inability to sort of have awareness and connection and, you know, be the creator of her own life. And a lot of the work that she does connects to relationships. And one of the things that I thought about and spending some time with her and bringing her here today before you guys is 
it's okay to have a relationship with yourself and it's okay to shed that sort of imposter syndrome moment that you might be having, especially as admins, we sit in a, in a world where we have this um, poster that we're supposed to act and behave and think like. So I'm excited about having Karen here today. We're going to have a great conversation. We got a lot of content to work with. Karen, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Halani, for having me. It's great to be here. I'm excited about giving people a chance, as I mentioned it right there with the opening. Walk us through your journey, right? A lot of people have epiphanies. They have the I've fallen down and I've got to get up moments. And I'd love for the sake of the work that you do, sharing some of that vulnerability, because I guarantee a lot of our listeners are going to be able to relate. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I come much more from the the falling down and struggling camp in my own journey <laughs> uh, to get to my to my own epiphanies and where I am now. Um, but I, like you mentioned, I'm a life coach, and I began my twenties um, just for lack of a better word, I was pretty much a hot mess in my twenties. <laughs> and uh, um, I can raise my hand. Early twenties kind of had a little hot mess too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And had no idea who I was, had no relationship uh, with myself and was constantly trying to be anybody other than who I was trying to be who I thought I needed to be to get the relationship um, to fit in with the right people, to get the right job, to be accepted by my family. And so by the time I was 26, 27, I really, really had no idea who I was because I was wearing all these different masks for so long. And I began doing some of my own inner work, going to therapy, going to different self-help workshops, reading all kinds of books. And um, I, I began to I began to heal and I began the journey, I would say. I began the journey of getting to know mm-hmm. who I was. It was mm-hmm. not the um, fast and uh, single-lined road that I wanted it to be. It was circuitous. <laughs> yeah, it, lots of twists and turns, falling down, getting back up. And as I was taking that journey, then I began working with others and I became a coach um, and I began trying to help others. But the problem was... Um, I was still really stuck in my life and still really felt like a fraud. <laughs> and right, I, right. I kind of found myself regurgitating information that um, I read in books and mm-hmm. all the things that sounded good, you know, like, right. oh, this is amazing. But I didn't know it as my own experience. And mm-hmm. so I was still feeling very much like a imposter in my life and now really in my career because I was trying to help others. Um, And then I was fortunate enough to, in my different twists and turns, find um, my mentors, uh, David Cope and Peggy Litt, and they were really the ones that taught me um, to find my answers within myself and to become who I am and build a relationship with myself in a very true and authentic way. And now that's what I get to help others do. That <laughs> so, is so wonderful. And your journey's yeah, not over. Journey, And it's not anywhere it's, close to over. <laughs> it's not. And there's a bit in mentorship and relationships, which is what we're going to be talking about, the ability to know that you don't have all the answers, which for a lot of administrative professionals, and I've been saying this most recently, Confidence isn't a tangible thing that you can grab off the shelf. 
confidence actually starts with having your voice. And if your voice isn't uh, concrete or developing, you lose the ability to give off confidence. And for the sake of kind of looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, who the heck am I? Being able to answer that question takes time because you've maybe have been an EA to so-and-so. So then you're connected to that person versus like, I am an executive assistant who is getting stuff done and making things happen. And so that voice piece, what would you like to say kind of about that? Oh, just that I think one of the most soul-crushing experience I've had in my life and in working with other women, um, whether that's women in their professions and their careers, whether that's women in their marriages or their hang-up still around family in their mm-hmm. childhood, um, one of the most soul-crushing experiences is to feel like we don't have a voice, oh. and to, right? Yeah. And to feel like we don't even know where to begin mm-hmm. to find it. And, and, and even if we are faking that confidence, right. Mm-hmm. And doing mm-hmm. make, fake it till you make it getting through, there's still this, right. Where am I kind of mm-hmm. sense inside of us? And, and just for the listeners and it, it is a journey. I'm still finding my voice. There are still mm-hmm. times where I find myself in a situation, whether that be with my husband or friends or family or in mm-hmm. my profession where it's like, well, where did Karen just go? And it's, <laughs> and, and, and wait, what just happened? And right. it's embracing that. That's the vulnerability piece. Mm-hmm. It's embracing that and giving yourself grace. Oh, my favorite and, word. Yeah. Give yourself grace, but also make the commitment to yourself to keep doing your work to, to, I I use the phrase, build the muscle all the time to build the muscle, to find your voice and use it. It's not an overnight thing. It's not something you get from reading a book. It's something that you get from stepping out into life and being in life and, and falling down and getting back up. It's through that process Mm -hmm. that you begin to find your voice. Do you, uh, without going too personal, but can you recite what might have been one of many routes to that fraud permission slip that it was okay to be the imposter? Like what, yeah. like for those that might be listening that are like, oh God, I don't even know where it began or I don't even know like how far back kind of in my memory bank I can go <laughs> sure. to say, oh yeah, it was that, right? Because a lot of people too, especially as we record this during COVID-19, you know, we're looking for answers. Yeah. We also want, we do, we want something to blame. Yes, we do. Why am I here? So kind of talk about that a little bit, please. Sure. So I had, I (laughs) I love love that. I I love it. Um, I have, I had lots of different stories and situations that I blamed for Mm -hmm. why I felt like such an imposter and Halani, what I had to really open up to and embrace is that it's my humanness mm. that I, I could put it and I'll talk more about that in just a second, but I could absolutely put feeling like a fraud, feeling like an imposter on um, experiences that I had early on in school. You right. know, um, I, I was kind of the follower kid. I was never mm. like the it girl, mm-hmm. but I always like tried to be the it girl or follow sure. the it girl. And, you know, and I remember 
sometimes not being treated so kindly and being Mm -hmm. made fun of. And I could put it on that. I could put it on experiences with my parents. I could put it on my first relationships um, that failed miserably with men. But when I do that, what I have found is it puts the experience outside of myself and Mm -hmm. and I have no control over to change. So what I have found in my journey, and that was my first step. My first step was trying to find the answers. Why am I this way? Why am I so hung up on getting others approval and validation from others I could get stuck there we could also park there for a long while but yes and and I did and it's a first step but what I found really works is just one taking a look in the mirror looking at my own choices and decisions and how I shortchange myself Mm -hmm. that causes me to feel that way Um, and to also just know for our listener it's our humanness yeah it's in we want to think, oh my gosh, I'm the only one who feels this way. Oh my gosh, nobody else struggles with this as much as I do, feeling enough, feeling like I deserve what I've got. But working with hundreds of people and talking with thousands of people, we all feel this way. It's just do. Yeah. And for a lot of the executives that I like to help and work with consulting or placing or just networking, they also suffer from being put in a box. Yeah. And it's not just the females, right? It's also the males. And that's where I'm leveraging the word empathy a lot with admins when I'm consulting with them and picking them back up, if you will, because it's just not going great. And a lot of the times that and I say this often, and I hope this sits deeply with so many listening, an executive who's behaved a certain way most of their career, they view that that's what's helped them become so successful and wealthy and important. The minute that someone tells them they have to pivot from a personality or a leadership style, they will resist that because that behavior that's being told to surface wasn't present. And so their success is not because of that personality. Therefore, they don't want to adopt it. And so for people who, and I'm speaking about myself next, who've gone and had unhealthy friendships because I knew how to do difficult friendships really well. I was a fantastic doormat. I was able to make everyone else happy. And I had enjoyment. But deep down, I was like, this is is not acceptable for the fact that, like, it's all for them. Mm-hmm. It's all, and I'm thinking, it, what about what about making me joyful? So that approval from others is so powerful. You know, recognizing that we don't have an opportunity, and I'll use the positive word opportunity to change the past. But I'm going to light you up with the next one. We are so in control of changing the future. Talk about that a little bit, please. Yeah. So when I think of that, um, Halani. It's every choice that we make that creates our future and where we are going. And so that is um, my my focus in my own life and what I'm doing in my career, what I'm doing in my different relationships is looking at myself in the mirror 100% of the time. Because the truth is the only person that we have any control over to change, and this is a central part of my message, is ourselves. You oh, so do not true. have control to yeah, change say anyone. That again. Yeah. yeah. The only person you have any control over to change is yourself. You, mm. you have no control to change anyone or anything outside of you. But what's really cool 
is when you're empowered that your life and your experience and your job, whatever that is, is created through your choices and decisions, then that puts you in control to create the future you want, to create the experience. And it has to start with letting go of the approval of others. Um, there's uh, Brene Brown is one of my heroes. Um, and she is an for those who might not know who she is, she's an author and an influencer um, and the queen of vulnerability uh, in terms of what she talks about. And there's this clip where she talks about um, don't go through the world looking for evidence that you don't belong because oh. you will always find it that our worth and our value is inside of us. It's in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And she goes on to say that when you try to fit in for everybody else, then you belong to everybody else, but you no longer belong to you. <laughs> that's so powerful. <laughs> Isn't know. that? And, and that's so powerful. Yeah. It's every time you make a choice to be approved, to get approval, to get validated by someone else, you're depleting your own self-value and your mm -hmm. own worthiness inside of you. And those choices affect where you end up and it affects mm -hmm. how you experience your future. So when you make a commitment to yourself that you're going to start making choices that value yourself, it doesn't mean that it doesn't include others and how it impacts others, but you're putting yourself first in a way where you're valuing who you are, that is going to impact your future in ways that you could never imagine and, and make you powerful in what you do and empowered in what you do in every area of your life. At the end of this podcast, there's a closing sort of um, piece from me. And I specifically say that you get up for you. Yeah. And it's important that I bring that up now because as females, we aren't really given in our younger years that permission to think because it's immediately labeled as conceited or narcissistic. And I'm on a journey down at several channels of information to remind women you can still have a sense of composure when you're expressing and quite honestly in a style of leadership. I'm actually going to pass on that. Thank you. I've got some personal time for myself this week and it's been an amazing week with a lot going on, but I'm not going to be able to make it to that brunch or, yes. you know, I can't keep that um, at this point, that Zoom happy hour with you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need to detox from screen fatigue, right? And so all these yeah. different things. And if someone judges you for that, that's where you have a beautiful first step of auditing. The relationship isn't mutual or the respecting care for each other, or essentially does she not love herself or he that is. One of the things I came across a couple of weeks ago that's relevant, you are one decision away from a better life. Mm. And one of the things I say often that's in other episodes is we think so big, I got to lose 20 pounds, boom, I got to get it done right away. How about just starting with five, you know, and feeling the reward of the five and so on. What sort of thoughts do you have that help those listening recognize they do have a, a, a tough, but able to work on journey to yeah. invest in themselves? Yeah, I say so you've got to embrace the tough. Um, mm -hmm. you, you've got to embrace the challenges that I, I lived for a long time. And I know many of us, if not most of us live this way, 
thinking we've got to get our lives to where like everything is in place. There's no challenges. There's no, you know, like let's just get everything in that perfect, neat little box and then we'll be good to go. Then I can be happy. Then I can work on these things. Then I can do this. And that's a fantasy. It doesn't exist (laughs) at all. And that's what I call coasting. And we think that we'll Mm -hmm. be happy coasting, but Actually, when we're coasting, we know there's a big part of us that we're missing out on in ourselves and lives. And mm-hmm. honey, that's what ends up causing us to feel like imposters. Yeah. Another avenue because we're trying to coast, we're trying to do, and we might not even be conscious of it. A lot of times we're not even conscious of it. This is the the stuff you've got to be willing to dig into and bring up to the right. surface. Um, but it there's no such thing as coasting. And if you are trying to coast, it's, it's not a good time. Um, and then we see so many more challenges because we're going against the natural order of life and the natural order of life is there's ups and downs. There's curveballs like COVID <laughs> there's things coming around the corner that we're right. not expecting that right. we're not prepared for. And when we embrace that and we know that is what life is supposed to be, mm-hmm. then we can embrace those obstacles and use them as opportunities to become stronger in ourselves, to become more resilient, to become more perseverant um, mm-hmm. and to persevere. And, and that's the, when you can embrace that, um, then it, it doesn't feel so tough. So it's embracing the tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something else that you had said there that I, I wanted to talk about, but I'm not remembering, but um, it is just starting to make choices. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's starting to kind of have a, a why or a vision of where do you want to be and what are the choices and decisions that are going to make you help you get there. And then knowing full well, there's going to be challenges along the way to embrace those challenges and know they're exactly what you need to mm-hmm. get where you're going, to get mm-hmm. to why, to get to where you want to be in, in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's two things for that. For those that have listened for a while, or this is your first episode, I love to bring this up. I used to be very type A. I, in the last seven to eight years have, and it was just like, literally it came out of nowhere. I'm like, I'm going to start living as a lowercase a. <laughs> I still like to be a type A. There's parts of being type A that are a part of my values, that are a part of my, you know, brand as a professional, as a mom, as a wife, and all these other things. I was just sort of tired of the label of needing to be perfect. I was tired of anything needing to be great. I've actually kind of transitioned from it's rustic or it's imperfect. And, you know, then being coming un- unapologetic about I'm not perfect. And I'm okay with that. But for the sake of being very disciplined and very committed to service, because I'm in this field of service, as well as all administrative individuals, we are service people, that type A can show up whenever. But if you even take just sort of one step, and I'm thinking about this for some of my friends that I know listen to it, and they'll be like, I know she's talking to me right now. Just taking a chance when you have a situation in front of you that's tough. Do I want to be an uppercase A right now or a lowercase A? And there's something very liberating, which is going to take me to my question that was actually a question you put together for me in the intake form. I wind up champion, being a champion for myself because I'm like, I made a healthy choice right there. Do I really need to be super type A, uppercase A with a ton of plus signs or is a lowercase A going to be still great? And so talk a little bit about being your own champion. Yeah, 
being your own champion, um, you know, a lot of times we talk about finding other people to champion us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, even heard in female or I'm sorry, in male dominated industries, you know, trying mm-hmm. to find your male champions that champion you on as a female trying to do these great things. And it is wonderful to have people in our lives who champion us, who believe in us when we can't, who push us along when we mm-hmm. feel like we don't have the strength to. And that's wonderful. And that is mm-hmm. a part of life. Mm-hmm. However, and I guess, or I should say, and what mm-hmm. I have found is even more empowering, even more rewarding is being able to find that champion within ourselves mm. to be able to do the work to believe in ourselves. You know, we talked about confidence and how you can't just get it off the shelf. Same with believing in yourself. You have to put yourself out there into life. You have to fall down and get back up. And that's how you begin the process of believing in yourself. And every time you fall down and you get in a challenge and you pick yourself back up and you dust yourself off and you recommit and you keep going, that is being your own champion. That Mm. is telling yourself, I've got my back. I am going to be the creator of my life, not the victim to my life. And what's this teaching me? What's the learning opportunity here? Um, How can I grow? And then you keep going. And and Mm -hmm. that's how you champion for yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's crucial in, in order to feel like you're being true to yourself, that you know who you are, that you're able to be yourself out in the world. It's being being that for yourself and being the champion for yourself. With the work that you do, is there one simple tip that you give that gives someone that first step with that champion? Yeah, absolutely. And this actually comes from one of my coaches. Um, His name is Mark Von Muser. Um, But to take intelligent action. Mm. When you're stuck in the fear, you know, whether that's, you know, going to your boss with an idea or something that's bothering you that you need resolution around or anything in your life that you've got some fear coming up because you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't, you know, put yourself out there. What if I am judged? What if I'm not liked? What if, you know, I do get criticized? Well, it's embracing that and knowing we're, we're all human. We're all doing the best that we can. Sometimes we're going to be judged for our decisions. Sometimes we're not going to be liked. We're not going to be approved of. That's just life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But when I know what's true for me and I know what's right for me, I don't need someone else's acceptance. Mm-hmm. I have mine. And if someone judges me or criticizes me, that's okay. That's going to give me more muscle. Um, and maybe it's going to show me where I'm judging or criticizing myself and, and be a learning opportunity there. Um, but we ha- we can't stay stuck in that fear. We can't stay paralyzed there. So one of the the, the tips that I have learned um, through one of my coaches and mentors and that I pass on to my clients is to take intelligent action. Mm. What's the next right thing? And also asking yourself, are you stuck in the problem? Or are you looking for the solution? Which looking for the solution gives us a purpose, right? We could sit all day long in a sense of fear and frustration. And I have a five minute rule that I use that when I'm just not, I don't have my head right. (laughs) Yes. I will allow myself five minutes. I'll set a timer. And for the sake of when that first minute is sort of over, I'm like, do I really want to spend four more minutes here? And then I'm taking that shift to what's going to be the solution? What is going to be my action? 
Now, as I've said before, the caveat to that is I may have 10 five-minute sessions or one-minute sessions in any given day. It's been a lot healthier to sort of be free of that constant day over day over day of worry that I was exceptional at in my early 20s. And I don't have any regrets for the way that I spent energy, be it time, through my journey of now being 41. It really has given me a chance to be where I'm at, but I've embraced the journey. I've allowed myself the opportunity to give myself permission slips, be my own champion. And I do believe that a lot of that is connected to, you know, being able to earn the trust and care and respect of others because I trust and care and respect myself. Exactly. And... I do believe for the sake of what you were mentioning a moment ago on that intelligent action, I really love that, by the way. A lot of the times going back to that voice piece, which is sort of something for those listening to think about, when you've practiced your vocabulary for a tough conversation, when you've created ultimately a script so that you know what you might want to say, if we know our executive really well, we can pretty much anticipate one to two responses You've done more with that building up the voice, which is connected to confidence, which is connected to composure, which then the question could be, well, what if they say something I didn't prepare for? You absolutely have permission to say, I actually don't have an answer to that. I'd like your permission to get back to you later or tomorrow and then clearly get it done in the next 45 minutes if you can, you know, and impress them kind of thing. But that's another thing that I think I want, I want your feedback on is we don't believe we've been given the grace, which is the word you used and I love, and it was my theme word for this year prior to COVID, um, but it's definitely serving a lot more than I thought with them, all that's going on, yeah. is being able to actually say the words, I don't know. Yes. Or I, I'd like to get back to you on that. That can absolutely be a part of a conversation. And if you actually follow through, you've just had a beautiful opportunity that wasn't there before to build trust because you said you were going to look into it. You're coming back to it with an answer, hopefully two answers as options. What thoughts do you kind of have about that as it relates to a little bit of champion, a little bit of trust building, yeah. a little bit of all of that? Well, you're spot on, Halani, and that that builds more trust with people mm. than if you try to give an answer off the fly. You try to act like you've got it all together and you've got it figured out mm -hmm. when you are able to be vulnerable and say, Hey, let me think about that and get back to you. Um, like you said, you know, I don't know that right now. Let me look into that. I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. um, it does build trust with the other person. And most importantly, it builds trust with yourself. Uh, isn't that true? <laughs> it's you walk so away and you're like, wow, I can actually go look at this. I can look into this. I can serve and give a great answer. Yeah. There is a sense of empowerment that yeah. shows up when you've done that versus like, oh, I said that answer. I don't actually even know if that's the true answer. Then the worry shows up and forget it. Yep. You'll be and using it, like 10 five-minute sessions back to back. Yeah. And it's that's a practice in being vulnerable. And we think, and Brene Brown does a great job of talking about this too, we think a lot of times being vulnerable like that to say, I don't know, or can I think about that and get back to you? Um we think that's weakness, but it's actually mm -hmm. our strength. 
Um, and people respect that. And then we respect ourselves and we don't go into what I call default mode, mm-hmm. um, where we're doing what we think we should do or saying what we should say, or we're mm-hmm. supposed to say. And every time we do that, we get further and further away from who we are, which again leads to feeling like an imposter, feeling like we don't know what we're doing, feeling like we don't deserve what we've got, mm-hmm. um, are those very moments. So being able um, to, to say that is, is huge and an imperative part and, and being authentic and being, um, knowing who you are and then bringing who you are into those, into those experiences and dialogues. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I saw on your website when I was stalking you (laughs) was three words. And I want to bring it up kind of here towards the end, because the first of the three just sits really well with me. And it's patience, process, success. Mm. And while we haven't used the word patience, I don't think yet once, so much of what we're talking about is connected to embracing the process, trusting the process, exercising a significant amount of patience. And I I would like to sort of spend some time there to give those listening as they've been building up, hopefully some resistance excitement, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Resistance excitement to starting to think about themselves and how they can elevate. What what would be some thoughts on that patience piece? Yeah, well, I think um, that patience can be very hard when we're in that perfectionism mode and we're trying to be perfect and present ourselves as having it all together, having it all figured out. And so in that mask that we've been building for so long with ourselves and others, we have zero patience with ourselves. whether that means um, we have, you know, zero, no room to make mistakes, no room to fall down. um, And we beat ourselves up for those things. So to me, having patience with myself um, first, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's the only way I can have patience with others. If I have patience with myself is embracing I'm imperfect. (laughs) You've Mm got to embrace that you have flaws. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to go back into old patterns that you swore you would never, ever do again. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to accept yourself and accept your humanness and know, okay, what can I learn from this? Um, That's my biggest question. And and having patience with myself, allowing um, myself to unfold into who I'm becoming and, and who I am is, okay, what can I learn from this? Why was this a gift? What's, what's this showing me? Um, and and that's, that's really how I built that muscle to be patient with myself. And that's not a perfect road either. There are still certain areas and, and places in my life where I don't have as much patience with myself. Mm-hmm. But that's, an on, that's trusting the process to know yeah. that you're learning how to accept who you are and learning that you have flaws, learning that you have imperfections, the more patience you have for yourself. And then in turn, the more patience you have for others as well. And, and just realizing, especially when you know, you're doing the best that you can, right. That you're giving your best, you're showing right. up as your best, even though that's going to look different from day to day, we have range. <laughs> yeah. um, Good word range. Yeah, we have, it's range. interesting kind of here with a final thought when we are letting ourselves down, the bar that we set, which great, I love having a bar that we have to reach towards and moving it as time moves on, but maybe it was just inappropriately placed for that moment, you know, and compartmentalizing a responsibility or an action item for your executive or the leadership team, 
you know, the, the bar that you set for your direct executive and then the other leadership members, they can actually be different. Not to say that your quality of work will be diluted and not um, top performance, but you can shift based on your audience. So I think that's really awesome. Do you have one one piece of closing advice for the listeners to help them help them? Do you have one piece of advice? Yeah, one thing that I I didn't touch on that is is key in all of all of our journeys and getting to know mm-hmm. who we are, building that relationship with ourselves, um, learning to have patience, showing up as who we are. Um, being our own champion, one thing that's really, really important is having a why. Mm-hmm. Um, having a reason why you're getting up every morning and yeah. stepping into those challenging experiences, whether that be at work or with your family or in a relationship, having a why you're getting out of bed in the morning and, mm-hmm. and why you want to keep moving forward and keep doing better and keep getting to know who you are it is having a why. And it can be as simple as you know, wanting to be an amazing role model for your kids. Mm-hmm. It could be something, you know, what do I want to make sure that I know about myself before I'm not here anymore? You know, mm-hmm. it can be my, your why could be, I want to fully and genuinely believe in myself. Mm-hmm. And that why is what helps us to, when things are hard, when things feel really tough, when we feel like giving up, when we can anchor in and remember why we're doing what we're doing Mm-hmm. And that's how we pull ourselves back up and we keep moving forward and we keep moving forward. And that piece is imperative. Yeah. And I love that. And for some executive assistants that I know that I've interacted with, you know, of over 3000 calls in three plus years, they are lost in that, well, I'm the executive assistant to so-and-so that's my why for that person. And I mm. always say, no, 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 no your brand, like your reputation for those internally and externally, they can say, oh, go ask Kalani. She'll know. Go ask Kalani. She may not know, but she'll know who knows. Go ask Kalani. She's super great with research. She'll come back with a great write-up. You know, that is connected to the confidence that you have, to the love you have for your role. And we are so altruistic in this profession that it is nice to be relied on. It is nice to feel needed your sense of accomplishment is felt by delivering service and top service. And that is your why. And it is great to hear the accolades and it is great to read the accolades. And it is great to have also that silent when you're like, yeah, I totally crushed it today. Mm -hmm. No one said thank you yet, but man, I made myself proud. And that's a part of kind of that self champion that you were talking about. It is. And that's a thousand times I promise you that is a thousand times more fulfilling when you can do that in a genuine way for yourself of like, mm-hmm. I crushed it today. And you yes. know that and you feel that yeah. is a thousand times more empowering, fulfilling than what anyone else could say to you. Because a lot of times when people give us the accolades, they give us the compliments. If we don't know that for ourselves and we don't know that we rocked it, we can't even hear it. So true. It's like we're this cup. I talk about this a lot, where it's like we're a cup or a bucket with holes in it. And it might fill us up for a few seconds and then it leaks right out. And we're thinking about all the places we messed up instead of all the ways we did great. And so if you can do that and know I just crushed it, that that's going to go so far. It's huge. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think for me, the big thing is a sense of fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. A sense of fulfillment for sure. Yeah. Uh, Karen, this was so exciting. I'm so excited what we put here in audio form for everyone to listen to. I'm honored that you've shared some time with me. I'm excited to have you, you know, in my circle now as a resource. And I'm just really grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was great. I don't even know where to begin. We covered so much thought provoking, laughter, and just great conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome day. Remember, you're the reason you get up every day and work as hard as you do. Do things for you, your executive, and your organization. And remember, it's all worth it.